Welcome to the Travelling Senorita Podcast. I'm up to number episode 15 and I'm all about people to place. And I have wandered over to Telebudra today in Queensland and found myself a wonderful artist who has a an amazing story which begins in Papua New Guinea, goes to Darwin, heads to Sydney, over to Perth, and then back to the Gold Coast. So welcome my guest, Tori. Oh, thank you, Kylie. Now, tell me your real name. Um, so my real name's uh, Neville Torresheba, uh, but uh, I'm an ex-sailor, ex-military. When I was in their roll call every day, they could not pronounce Torresheba, so I just became Tori, and that sort of stuck with me. I'd like to think today yeah. they could actually pronounce that. <laughs> but Neville's a pretty cool name as well, but somehow Tori does work for you. Tori... Torres Strait Islander, Tori. I don't know. Yeah. It just kind of has a ring to it. So let's talk about you as a young boy because you're currently working with youth, yep. disenfranchised youth, yep. and you are doing really great stuff with them. But I want to know about you as a boy. So tell us a little bit about, about you growing up. Um, so growing up in Port Moresby, um, most of the time was spent at the village, actually. Um, so I grew up on the coast, um, on the eastern side of uh, Port Moresby and yeah most of my time was spent at the village or primary school was pretty easy basic everyday school thing but holidays and weekends we would go back to the village and most of the spent was time out out at the village at the beach or on sea on canoes so my sort of connection um, to the sea is really really strong it's sort of uh, what ties me you know um, very strongly to the to the ocean and the, the sea animals and that. So, so pretty much like um, fishing for your dinner and and cooking it up at night. Is that kind of how it went? Yeah, yeah. So growing up on the ocean was um, quite strong memory. Still is a very strong memory. Um, grand, my grandfather would take us out. We would spend um, two to three weeks out at sea on a, a jewel a, a jewel hull. Um, canoe or a really catamaran. going out there to fish yeah so we would actually live two weeks out at sea um without is this just land. the blokes going no, out no no the whole family the whole family would spend um, time out at sea and um, was the mission to to get food um it was not, not only just get food it was just to to live that's how we lived it was like a a, a, a nomad would wander the, the oh, lands amazing. i suppose we just island hopped and most of the time we would spend it at sea, though. Together uh, as a family. As a, as a family, yes. Was that up. some of the best memories you could ever collect in your life? Absolutely. You know, um, you know seeing a, a good old um, hurricane lamp, kerosene hurricane lamp, swinging mm. as you know through the current and whatever in the middle of the night. But, wow. Uh, uh, and that was through all sorts of weather, storms and whatever. Um, but, yeah. That's how you grew up. Yeah, so, so what was Tori thinking about, like, because we all have dreams when we're younger as well. What were you thinking when you are in those waters just cruising around? Were you thinking about what you wanted to do when you grew up? I had no idea. No, I, was, I don't suppose I, I didn't think of anything until it was in my, um, in, in the late teens that I, you know, thought I'd be a, a fighter pilot, but that didn't happen. So. so basically at that point in time, you were just living in the moment, living off the land and with your family. What a great, isn't that what yeah. we're all trying to yeah, do, my friend? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so there, yeah, there was no aspirations to become anything. It was just to um, live and fish and 
and that was it. I love it. Yeah. Love it. So when you got into your later teens, um, you were thinking of, of, of leaving home or what were you doing then? Um, so, yeah, uh, came over to, uh, emigrated to Australia, Darwin, as an 11-year-old boy and grew up in Darwin. Um, so going through a good Catholic high school. As you do. As you do. As um, I didn't. But then <laughs> things sort of turned about year 11 when I found out my great-great-grandmother had been taken by the Catholic Church to the Torres Strait from Broome. So I started sort of turning against the church. Well, not so much turning. I lost belief and yeah. Um, yeah. wondered why they... Why, why would they take a, 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 a three-year-old girl away from her father? Logic prevailed. Um, so yeah. I, I, I lost faith and... Uh, mm ceased um, following religion I suppose so you finished school I did finish school um, and I ended up doing uh, a year at Darwin uh, Charles Darwin University now Mm -hmm. um, as a surveyor draftsman and um, yeah so that was I did that I completed that I worked as a 16-year-old fellow, uh, I worked on the slate mines for about a year in, in Kununurra, West Australia, uh, digging up, which I think it's quite a, a rare resource even now. It's called Zebra Rock. Um, it's only limited uh, mine mining um, leases on it. Um, mm-hmm. But that was hard yakka for a 16-year-old boy. Um, but, um, yeah, you grew up pretty hard and tough out in the middle of the bush. Yeah. Um, and so, and so, you did a year there, and then what were you thinking? Uh, well, I wasn't. Um, I was getting a little. Getting what do you mean you weren't thinking as a sixteen-year-old no, boy? No, no. <laughs> it was all party. Yeah, I started doing a lot of drugs and and, and drinking. Started playing up. But, um, that sort of led to getting in constant trouble with the police and giving the ultimatum at. 20 years old, I was given an ultimatum by um, a local copper up there, um, senior constable, Snowy. He said, um, there was a big, we had a big brawl in town. He said, you got two options. You can leave town in, in a couple of weeks or I'll lock you up in a couple of weeks. Um, so I went home, much to my disappointment of the father. Um, and I, he asked me what I was going to do and an ad came on for the Navy at midnight. Really? You know, was I it said, one of those light bulb moments? Yeah, and I said, I'm, I'm going to join the Navy. Wow, so. that's incredible. So I joined the Navy and I, I left town and um, went down to Melbourne. They, and yeah. they were really, um, they incentivised you as well, didn't they? Those, those ads were all about, like, we're going to, and they do, they look after you. So they were like, we'll yeah. pay for you university, we'll pay for you to be in the in Yeah, it was, the Navy. It, was uh, it looked good, you know, the uh, money looked good and the, yeah. the lifestyle, you know. Where did you go to? Adventure. Um, so initially went down to Melbourne. Um, HMS Cerberus down in Melbourne. Oh, Western well, so Port B. We were chatting about this because I said my husband was down yeah, in yeah. Cerberus. So I grew up on the Mornington Peninsula. Right, right. So he was down there. You dudes definitely know each other. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the same years. Hey, and what better way to go from like northern Queensland straight down to the icy yep. cold of uh, the modern yeah, so, Victoria? Yeah, so straight from, yeah, straight it's from the It's pretty hardcore down there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, down in Western Port Bay, there was something else. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so you went through the Navy there? Yes, I, I ended up, uh, I signed on for four years and did a fair bit of travel. Uh, um, we were based in uh, Singapore pretty much most of the time, Singapore and Thailand. Um, so we've seen all of Southeast Asia, um, 
India, Africa, Egypt, Greece, uh, Japan. Um, so I did a fair bit of travel as a young guy. Um, and did, th- did that work for you, considering what you were facing? Uh, Sergeant, Sergeant Major was giving you an ultimatum in town. Did that work for you to sort of go into that discipline area? It did. Um, two years after joining the Navy, uh, the ship pulled into town, into Darwin. Oh, really? And <laughs> I said, hey, Sarge. <laughs> I happened to be out on the drink again that night, and, and I ran into the old but Sergeant. But in uniform? No, not in uniform. In, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I did, I did thank him many years later. Really? Wow. And, and, and he, he was shocked, and I said, you know, you made a difference to... Who I am. To, to who I am today sort of thing. So, yeah, it As was great to thank him. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Navy sort of um, kept me on the... Straightened me out real quick. Yeah. Um, so, and you got a trade in the Navy? No, not not such as a trade. Um, I didn't qualify, you know, as 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 a military personnel. You're, you're a firefighter. You're a medic. You're yeah. you're everything. Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't do a trade. I was um, trained as a uh, gunnery sailor, so the SM1 missiles, standard missiles, um, five-inch gun turrets, and small arms. So we boarding parties and um, dude, you have to know my husband. Sort He's of in missiles. So. I can't yeah. say anymore because this we we could actually die. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm right. joking. <laughs> I, I swear, you two absolutely know each other, which is bizarre yeah. because we were talking. Tori and I were talking today, and when he mentioned the years, I'm like, definitely there's a connection between um, my husband, who was was Navy and is is currently still working in defence projects. I'm like, there's got to be a connection there because it's just too many years that you crossed each other's paths. Yeah. So moving from Navy, where do you go from there? Um. So. I left uh, the Navy in 96, got to Perth, walked into a boatyard, because I was doing fleet maintenance in Sydney um, with the Navy. Um, I walked into the shipyards of, of, of Perth and um, hooked into a job there as, as a marine painter. And I then, you know, carried that work on and specialised in the, in the super yacht industry. The super yachts? Um, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, in so Perth? In Perth. Wow. Um, so we did many boats in Perth. Um, and they were built from scratch in Perth. Um, did a fair bit of travel with that. Travelled Brisbane, Sydney, Tasmania, doing different yachts. Um, and it's probably a trade. I still, I think the last boat I did was uh, repair on was a thirty million million dollar vessel up in Port Douglas, and that was about five months ago. So I still carry that trade, even though I try not to. But it's something I'd encourage for the younger fellows to do because it's, you know, a bit of prestige and, and a good bit of money and it's, uh, yeah. Well, and you can use it again and again and again, and as, again, you, as again, you just yeah. said. So where do you go from Perth? Uh, from Perth, I ended up back in, I ended up in Cairns, um, painting on the boats. And I suppose I started drinking, drinking very heavily back then too and... Was that a culture in the Navy or is that something when you left the Navy? It's very hard drinking culture in any, any of the uh, armed services, I suppose. Kind of work hard, party um, hard, hey? Yeah, yeah, so that transfers into the construction industry. Yeah. It's rife, it's rife. You yeah. know, uh, the first thing you do when you knock off yeah. is you stop in at the bottle shop. Yeah. Um, if, uh, if there's not a hot car, not one, haven't got a hottie in the car. Yeah. Um, so the first stop is the bottle shop. So. Because you've just worked your butts off and then you go, right, we're going to just Yeah, so that, uh, the work hard, play hard attitude yeah. is, yeah. it's just shit attitude. Yeah. But it... it, it gets it, you through. That's what makes, uh, yeah, gets the guys through. It's the culture of it. It is, it is. Yeah, so when definitely. you when you come to Brisbane, what, what do you do when you're in Brizzy? 
Uh, I, was, I was I was working on the Story Bridge as a painter. When um, it was being built? No, no, no. This came back about 2006, 2007. Just on the repairs and maintenance? Yeah, just everyday day, daily maintenance, which was good. You know, we'd, we'd start up one end of the bridge and next year come back and start again. Pretty cool place <laughs> to kind of hang out. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was I pretty like cool. it. Good. When you get to the top, people pay to get up there. Yeah, um, you were doing it naturally. We were doing it for free, so. They weren't back and then, we were though, were they? were they? Were they yeah, they were still, yeah, yeah, they were doing the, the bridge walks, yeah. Yeah. So this is... I don't go dark on my podcast ever. Yep. Um, but this is where it gets a little bit off the rails for you. which yes. is Which is why we're going to talk about this a little bit because of where you're at now, because of what you do and, and who you are now. Yep. So so you finish on the Story Bridge. Take yeah, some so, time off. Um, well, my knees... Um, I had a lot of knee injuries and they retired me um, off the bridge and off of work. And I ended up getting onto a disability pension. Um, that was pretty depressing for me, and I ended up hitting the drink. And because um, you're a worker, dude. Because I'm a worker. You're dude. clearly a worker. And you can't put a worker dude on the paddock because no. it doesn't work. No. Um, so that yeah, a lot of depression um, and a lot of PTSD come in uh, played back. From the navy stuff. From the navy, because I also did um, fire and rescue volunteer fire and rescue in the NWA for four years yep um, so a lot of that um, you know, a lot of things came back and, uh, and haunted um, and you had a lot of time to think because you're not working and so, yeah. yeah so and then basically went on a seven-year binge and um, from 2007 and in August 2014 ended up in a in a coma in um, Gold Coast Uni Hospital um, so that was Six, six and a half weeks in, uh, asleep in the coma. From drinking? From drinking. I had a full organ failure. Um, and on top of that, I had a, um, a bug in the system. I had caught up north somewhere, and this, this little um, virus came out, and um, what's it, sepsis? Septicemia. Septicemia. Nailed you. Nailed me as well. So I had a couple of blood transfusions as well in that coma, and... Um, um, I, I feel like that could have been those... Was that one of those moments where you thought you might not be here anymore? Well, I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't aware of you it. You weren't so awake. It was good. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Um, I woke up six and a half weeks later. Six and a half weeks in a coma with this? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, uh, um, yeah, so... How six, did you feel when you woke up? Do you remember that moment? I do, I do. It's, it, it's still haunting. Um it's like when you, when, you, when you see, you know, like you watch the movies and, and someone's cut your kidney out or yeah, or there's some big gorilla on, yeah. you know, you know and yeah, it was a really... Um, Did you think, where the hell am I? Yeah. What's going on yeah. here? Yeah. Um, it scared, yeah, it scared, it absolutely scared the shit out of me. But, yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so when I sort of realised, I tried to pull all the, all the, the wiring they had on me, I was trying to pull that off. For a while, I think it took about a week before they got to me to say, "Hey, mate, you're in hospital." Uh, but um, yeah, that was scary. Mm. Uh, but, yeah. but a life-defining moment as well. Did you kind of went, "I'm not doing this anymore"? Um, they was, no, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was getting chats from the chaplain and, and the police chaplain, the Salvation chaplain, family, friends. Um, he continuously were at me to do rehab, alcohol rehab. Yeah. Um, I had no desire. 
I had no want, that's for drunks. Um, that's what I said. Uh, and I still haven't been to rehab. Because uh, you did it your way. Yeah, I did it we my way. We talked about um, this before. Like, you don't yeah. have to go into institutions, do you? You can no, actually do it your I, way. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you do have. You, I, I looked at a lot of photos uh, of my past. Um, I'm trying to recollect, and a lot of it was, who are these people? Where are they? Where are they now? Yeah. Were they there by my bedside? They, no one was there. No one gave a shit. So um, I thought, well, I'm lucky that I survived this time. Maybe the next time, the next drink I have, um, I might not be so lucky. I might be under the ground instead of on the bed. So I haven't touched a drop since. But yeah, you've so. had, you have an innate strength in you from when you go back to when the sergeant said to you, mate, you've got two choices here. I lock yeah. you up or you leave town. So there's something inside you, the voice, that goes, radio, we're going to go and join the Navy. That's pretty big. Like, seriously, that's not like going, I'm just going to pull up my socks and be a better person. (laughs) So there's something inside you that obviously goes in that hospital bed as well. I can do this. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what it is. Um, Not everyone has it, by the way. No, I I suppose um, uh, a lot of family and friends, you know, say, oh, oh, thank God, you know, you, you have to go to church. Um, because you're here still, you know. I think and, it's you that thanks you, isn't um, it? For me, whether it's um, religion, medicine, spiritual, I, I don't know. There's there's a purpose why I'm here, I, and I've, I've said that from day one. Um, was hey, you know what? Um, I went knocking on the door, and they didn't I turned let me back. <laughs> I went downstairs, and he kicked me out. So. Um, you're not there, ready. There's a purpose why I'm here, and, and if and I, I sort of said to myself, if I if I can help one person get off that uh, road that or that journey I was on, um, I'd be I'd be a happy man. Maybe that's my purpose in life. Uh, I've helped three people uh, who are currently. I've been five years sober. I have uh, three friends who are three and two years and and two years, yeah, respectively, uh, being sober. And, and that's just through little chat, chit-chats and whatever um, via phone messenger um, of how I, I did my journey, how I got off the turps and whatever and, and stayed strong enough to um, um, not drink. Yeah, so... So you are a sort of person that if you can't just have one or two drinks, you've just got to stay away from it. Is that how it goes? Well, I, I've, I've had a lot of friends also um, on that same journey with me who were sober have fallen off since who have that attitude, I just want one. Um, and I sort of remind them that it's a double-sided, it's a double-edged blade. Mm-hmm. You, you can't have one or a half or a sip or, or a shandy or anything. It's either none or you drink, you know. Do you think uh, that's sort of a certain personality type, though? Or do you think it's everybody that that applies to? I think maybe certain people we might apply to. I mean, you've got to have that... Um, uh, discipline, I suppose. Yeah. Um, to control it. Control you because I mean, at the end of the day, we look at it. You know, it's the alcohol controlling people, not yeah people yeah. controlling alcohol. Yeah. Once they have a few, um, then everything gets you lose control through the alcohol, and that's probably um, probably one of the things I don't like is not having control of where you are and who you're with or what you're doing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you've taken control of your life via that. That's how you yeah, actually yeah, I get try control to, that. Yeah, I try to, yeah. Which is, um, so we're sitting now, that's a great journey, by the way, and thank you for sharing that with me. 
Um, we're sitting in Talabadra, which is a beautiful location yeah. on the Gold Coast. And we're lucky enough to have this amazing place called the Expressive Ground, which I've been to a many a workshop and a parties, been to a few parties here. Um, my experience here is we had a, a welder, you'll like this, you don't know this story. We had a welder um, from Scotland out who needed somewhere to weld a massive big horse that is now at Broadbeach. You know that horse at Broadbeach? Yeah, yeah. So he didn't have anywhere to weld it because it's massive. So we um, hired this out and yeah, he worked right. in here through the yeah. winter for the Swell Sculpture Festival that I was lucky enough to create on the Gold Coast. And he was the beautiful guy that did this horse. So I would visit him here mm. every day and bring him coffee because he didn't have any friends in Australia and quickly became really good mates with him. So I know this space from that. But you guys are here doing something really special. Tell us about what you're doing at Expressive Ground. Um, so currently doing a, um, a youth mentoring and cultural uh, connections uh, project, uh, program which we, I suppose we've been running since about uh, June, July this year. Um, I was lucky enough with, the, um, with, with good support from my uh, peers um, to secure a route of funding um, grant. And um, that's why we, which has allowed us to get into this and, and hook up into, um, into the youth space. Uh, but it's just sort of trying to, trying to um, mentor and assist youth in, in some sort of, give, give them some sort of redirection in, in where they're going and, and what they want to do. So, how did, um, how, how, and so, because I missed out the bit in the middle there, we were going a little bit into more addiction stuff, but you became a, a, a really art, art therapy. Therapy for you was art. Therapy, yeah. So, um, no, I wasn't a painter. I mean, I was a spray painter um, as a tradie, but I wasn't an artist as such. Um, my ex-partner at the time came in with a canvas and some paint and, and said, um, stop feeling sorry for yourself, you know. Paint? You know. And do something. Was she a painter? No, she wasn't. No, she's a. Uh, she does crochet. Why did she know that? Why did she think you needed to paint? She she. I'd, I'd done some paintings here and there. They weren't anything special. Um, Says you. No, they weren't. There was just something I needed. I needed to buy some some flag and I needed to buy some booze or whatever. Right. Um. So I paint a goanna and put some dots on it and they're like, yeah, there's there's fifty bucks, you know. Yeah, right. There's yeah. me drink for the night. Yeah. That's all I needed. Yeah. Um, I had no, uh, there was no story, no intention, no. Yeah. Yeah, it was just scribble and, 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 and another drink. That's all it was, another drink. Yeah. Um, so coming out of out of the coma, um, she gave me the canvas and um, said, do, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself, do something. Um, the drugs they Good used. Good lady to do that. Yeah, very, very dear friend still. Yeah. Um, the drugs they use had have fried my memory a bit. Um, the drugs you used? Oh uh, no, they used. It was a trial drug in the coma that they used to wow. pull me out. Um, so there was a point there that you weren't coming out. No, no, no. There was one stage they were talking about switching machines off. Wow. Um, she had told them, "You don't know him. He's a bit of a hardhead, tenacious, <laughs> a bit of a coconut." <laughs> so um, he'll be back. Yeah, they said no. She said no. You're not switching nothing off. Um, you know, you're gonna give him a couple of days, and, and I pulled through. Lucky enough. So, and so um, to do that, it takes a fair amount of drugs to bring you back out. Of well, that. they they couldn't nail. They couldn't figure out what was in the system, and they did a trial, and um, I did get told that look, you you may have lost memory. 
It's not going to come you back. You seem to be doing all right to me, mate. Oh, that's because I've done a lot of research, though. Okay. I've had to do a lot of, a lot of research. And, and that's... Or, or work on your... What do you mean, work on your memory as well? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I still have memory issues, but it's basically... Um, trying to learn, re- relearn who I, who I am, where I'm from. Yeah. And that was part of the journey. Oh, you mean research to your history? Yeah, yeah, my history and, did it and kind of, I Did you forget a bit of it? A lot of it. Wow. A lot of it. Okay. Um, I, I still have moments where, um, uh, you know, I, I get blanks and, and, and shit so like that. So kind of like reprogramming who you are. Yes, yes. So I had to do a lot of research, who I am, where I'm from. Um, in that, um, the art started flowing. Yeah, wow. Um... And so you started painting. And I started painting and got noticed and then, um, yeah, I'm, I'm here I am today. So I'm, I'm probably, I, I tend to do uh, probably more um, more story of my family background and because for me it's it's relearning. So that's why I try to share that sort of thing in my artwork too. So. So we were just talking a little bit before about art, um, art and how you paint and in the indigenous culture it's such a beautiful way to do the storytelling through the painting and, mm. and it's really about place isn't it and, and the earth. Is that what comes through in your paintings? Yeah, um, I think it's connection to that place. Um, I, I do a lot of, well my ancestry is from uh, Families from Broome, Jabba Jabba Mabal Broome, um, and where the desert meets the ocean. So I sort of tend to do that sort of. Um, That's good content. Red, red earth it? to the bluest ocean, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And it's hard to get that anywhere, um, anywhere else. Yeah. Because um, you've got red, red earth centre yeah, desert. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it is, um, yeah. Kimberley red is is probably you know the most beautiful red you can see. So. Wow. And is that sort of um, indicative of the paintings that you see from that region? Has got a real red earth and ocean feel to it. I think for most artists who are from that area, I suppose um, it's very easily, very easy to pick out. Yeah. Yeah. You can see that connection straight away. I did an exhibition in in Sydney in 2016, and one a visitor just walked up and he said, "You're from Broome straight away." Wow. So, um, love it. So you've exhibited quite a fair bit around the around um, the country. You've done a, I've a, only done a couple of exhibitions, uh, which have been collaborative. I've, I'm hoping to, you know, um, maybe host my own, do a, do a solo next year. But um, uh, you know, like. Well, you told me before that you were working on. Um, you did three pieces last night, and you were working on Woodford. So what do you do at Woodford? Oh no, that's just for Woodford. Yeah, that's just a um, to put in the uh, Genabella Gallery. Um, no, no, I'm talking about uh, the true sense of um, my own solo um, exhibition is to do who I am and, 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 and where I'm from. But yeah. it, it's also, um, I do want to uh, paint a bit of the time when I was in the coma. So, um, wow. Yeah. So, so were you, um, okay, so you would start painting from place about history and where you're from. Yeah in this exhibition we're talking about, in said, yeah, said yeah. exhibition. Yep. And then you would go into what some of the stuff that was going on for you in a coma. Yeah, I suppose, you know, it's, um, I was asked about it many years ago and and I said, uh, at the time I said, 
that it's a very personal, um, very personal journey. Mm-hmm. I think when people talk about having their life review, review, yeah, um, I've had that, yeah. Um, but then, in that same token, I've I've, uh, I've seen I've been the most frightened. I've have I've, I've never seen anything creatures or anything on the movies. Yeah, I've been the most scaredest in that place of the coma. Wow, and it's also the most peacefulest place I've been as well. So, oh, that's very um, interesting, right there. That's super deep. Yeah, so it's. I love it though because it's it's very much transpiring you into the person that you are today. I met you down in Fingal at a really cool um, surf festival down there at Jurakai, and we were just having a chat with your beautiful artwork. And then yeah. you said, there's so much to you. There's a lot of layers, a bit like your artwork. Yeah. And then you said, oh, I'm just working with, very casually, you, you're incredibly modest. I'm working with some youth up at Talabadra. But you're not just working with some youth. youth. You're working with some young, um, some young people that are really quite... Um, they're in a bit of a turning point in their own lives, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So we've got. Um, I work with several different groups. Um, the largest we have from five different schools, and I have another group of young men, uh, disengaged youth, um, who are probably one step away from juvenile. Uh, detention uh, or juvenile prison or whatever they want to call it. Are we talking like um, kind of 16, 17? So we go now? from 14, 13 to 16 year age. Right. Um, so we catch them on the cusp before they get in there. Um, this is, is this the premise behind the program? This is what they're saying. We want we want to give them a chance to kind of learn about nature, paint, hang out with someone cool like you. What's the deal? Uh, I suppose... We just take them on a on a cultural, um, our cultural um, journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what we traditionally has done for young men mm-hmm. for the initiation. Yep. And we're just teaching them basic um, manly things, their responsibilities, um, what should be expected. They may not of, have seen this before, hey. Um, a lot of them are coming from uh, terrible um, domestic violence in the home. With their mothers or the sisters or whatever, mm-hmm. um, alcohol and drugs is prolific in their in these in their lives, so they don't get a, no, a sense of normal everyday things. It's yeah. constant bashings and, and and whatever and drugs and just, alcohol. Just to, so, just um just drama. Hey, just yeah. lots and lots of drama. So do you do you just strip it right back and. So, for example, if they came here, would you go, hey, guys, today we're going to paint some canoes and we're going to go down the river? Yeah, we take them out for a bushwalk, um, uh, teach them about what's what's edible, what's not edible, what you yeah. can, you know, what you use, what, yeah. you, what you can't use. Um, take them on, uh, on the canoes on the, in the, uh, on the creek there. And but I saw the today thing. you guys were actually painting the canoes as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, hopefully the kids get inspiration on while they're out in the canoes and whatever, and we come back and we do a bit of artwork on them. So you go down in the canoes and they have a look at the landscape around them and then you come back and you say, we're going to paint the canoes. Yeah, with, with this group, yeah, we have been doing that. Um, we sort of try to talk to them, how they connected, what you know, what did they connect to, what, you know. Yeah, because they probably didn't think about that before, did they? No, no, probably not. Um, it's it's too easy to get caught up in a mobile phone or a device or whatever. So um, people don't, uh, kids don't have that time 
um, to even so that, to talk to people. So I was just people. thinking then as you're talking, um, Indigenous culture has always been about place, right? People to yeah. place and, and the respect behind that, particularly mm. like it's all about land at the end of the day. Do you, yeah. do you think the Indigenous culture, because um, this is also non-Indigenous that are in this program, do yeah. you think also the Indigenous culture that you're seeing the, the youth here are not um, part of that? belief system of the land as well or are you well, with with with, um, with both indigenous and non-indigenous I suppose um, a lot of the people that we have coming through and we are we are getting adults um, 40 50 years as you old should, yeah yeah uh, and some of these guys don't even know um, what we what we're teaching them so it just shows that um, even my generation that that hasn't been passed down from our fathers yeah uh, I was lucky enough to have very good, strong, strong, strong men. Uh, mm-hmm. My great, my, my grandfather, I um, sort of uh, admired. Um, he's a very strong sort of person who I wanted to be. You know, he was the. Uh, I used to, you know, he used to joke around about it. He used to say, uh, um, you know, the jack of all trades and. Master of Jack run. shit. <laughs> I used to say master but, of Jack shit. I yeah, like that. but but I might steal that. Yeah, no, but he he was everything. He was a butcher, a baker, um, a sailor. Um, so he is. This re- is going back to the days. He's resilient and resourceful when you think um, about you know, it. Um, I, I used to you know, look back now and I was, uh, just think amazed how this man, old man, would stand at the front of the canoe uh, in pitch black, uh, no GPS, no spotlights, uh, no sat nav. Yeah. And, and we never hit a reef. <laughs> Crazy. So um, he would just go by celestial yeah. uh, navigation. Yeah. And that's so. when you'd go out for weeks on end too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Crazy. So, so what do you think? Um, how's it going? Like, what? How are you kind of? You've been going since June, July. Yep. Um, so that's like quite a few months to turn lives around. It what, is. what are you seeing? Um, well, we. I suppose we, we've had a couple of bad guys and bad girls. Um, have they just left? No. Uh, the one group, these guys are none of the none of the guys, or, or yeah, the, none of the youth. Sorry, none of the youth. Uh, it's not compulsory. They don't have to be here. Mhm. Because um, you're trying to bust down that rules and shit too. We, aren't you? and I do congratulate them every time they do attend. Yeah. Because I say you weren't forced. Was anyone forced here? Was anyone dragged here? Do they keep coming back? And they come back every time. So um, it just shows that they're, they're keen to try and get something, to try and do something, to make something worthwhile. Because if they weren't, whatever. these guys would totally rebel. They're rebelling against the system, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at any time they could walk out. Yeah. That's up to them. I don't enforce So you've had a rules. 100% come back? Yeah, every time. That's amazing, Tori. Um, That's enough in itself. So we have... Uh, some of the groups come. One one young guy jumps on his little scooter thing, catches a bus and catches a train and another bus, and he gets here uh, 20 minutes before the rest of the guys. And he is, he's doing that every every week when we had him for, for the whole time. So um, just shows, you know, um, that they're, they're interested in coming. I always like. I love these sort of programs because they are all about community and connection. But what happens after this program? Well, I'm sure you think about this. Yeah, no, we have thought about it. Uh, I'm lucky enough that with the other group that um, 
they they have a follow-on with their their uh, organization rise um, they have a follow-on um, where we try and we still do keep in contact with them um, where the, if we do hear of any jobs or any apprenticeships or yeah um, we, we try and um, send it their way um, with that group there we've gone from zero five percent sort of attendance at school or college or anything um, and after the uh, 12-week course um, we, we've in the last four years we've had about 98 percent um, success rate where they wow. walk out with traineeships apprenticeships or they go back to school so the have these guys left school at this stage are they kind of some like... of them haven't been to school for two years right um, so for them to go back to school after two years or to to get a job and um, it's incredible and have you seen you know, any credit, um, credit to you credit to these guys yeah and, and well them but you know yeah. they need good mentors and good people around them which is you've got a journey too do you talk to them about your story I do I do um, probably the probably the, from day one uh, I show them a slide or a photo of me in the coma with um, the um, tracheotomy in uh, all the wiring and and just give them you know a bit of a you know uh, this is what happens when you give up um you know when you give up hope just give up yeah when you give up you have no intention of doing anything do you know what that does too that makes you um familiar familiar to them as well like you're a human being you know you're not being one of the dictators that yeah just grab them because i'm sure they would have had a few dictators by the time they get to you yeah, probably. You know, and, yeah, no. and then you and are you finding some budding artists and some real kind of nature lovers amongst it all? I think it, it's strange that uh, when when they come in, I I tell them unless you're a, a fireman, policeman, or um, you know a doctor, you got to turn your mobile phones off. Mm-hmm. I think the shock, initial shock, is there. But um, I love that. Unless you're in the um, yeah, I love that. And they're yeah. all going. Well, I'm, I'm not. A, are you a fireman? Yeah. No, I'm not a fireman. Um, so once they get rid of that, and, and we hook into the day, at the end of the day, they're quite happy not to have the device on, mm. um, and, and it just shows them that they can survive the day without without having to look at it. Yeah. Um, and it's also teaching them that. What's the word? Looking for a friendship. Oh, communication. Okay? Actually speaking the, to your mate. Um, I, I look at it with young mothers now who have uh, young ones. Yeah. And I call them babysitters. You know, give the... Yeah. You get them a device, you give them a tablet. Yeah. It's a babysitter. Yeah. Same as a mobile phone is a friend for someone who's lonely. Yeah. Um, That's or, right. Um, yeah. They don't have that crutch with them and they tend to then communicate within their groups. With each other. With yeah. each other without... Um, they might have been shy or whatever, and after a couple of you know sessions without the phone, they actually communicate with other people. Wow! Instead of sitting there on the phone or the or the tablet. Do you think that's stuff. one of the biggest challenges you face is the digital technology? I think it is, and I think, I think you know as much as we need it, and it's we can't do without it anymore. Or you know the world's moving that fast that it's been reliant on it. Mm. But we can still we can still, we don't need it. It's not a necessity, you know. Mm. We can't still survive. We can't still still do without all that technology and um, yeah. go back to basics. I think. Well, we did for bloody good thing. forty years, did we, mate? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so maybe that's the thing about us. We have uh, age on our side, which we yeah. should be passing down. So I always end. Um, this has been a really uh, great story, and I'm I'm going to catch up with you 
down the track. How long does this project last for? Um, I've got another. I've got one more one more workshop with these guys. Yeah. Um, in November. Yeah. And, and then I've I've got to try and. I've got to try and get a um, exhibition organised uh, before Christmas. Wow! Um, just with the artworks from these guys. Yeah, just really. Uh, it's a very hard time, right? But I've got Not to really. try. But they've started the artworks already, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got one more workshop to finish off, and where do you want to do that exhibition? Oh, that's going to be here, down here. Exp- oh, how can you pull that off? Ground. We can do that. Yeah, That's great. super easy, dude. Awesome. You've got the artworks, haven't you? Yeah. Right. Well, no problems. I'll help you do that. There yeah. you go. So I've just got to organise an exhibition. Um, it, it, it's not... And how good would that be? Because they'll just feel really empowered by that. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't part of the program that initially was planned. But I've got, like, little... Um, I've, I've made up uh, participant um, certificates um, to say yeah. that they're part of this... You've got to do an exhibition. This thing, and I just want to give them, like you're saying, that, that empowerment yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a bit of pride in their work. And, Love and, it. And yeah, so Love that's it. what I'm... I actually know um, you're speaking to the right person. We can do this awesome. together, and I know someone that can film that as well, because that's awesome. really important. So, I always fin- finish the podcast, and I'm sure I told you this yesterday, <laughs> Yeah. with who and where inspires you. So, people and place. Who inspires you? Who and you? where. Okay. Who and where? I think I'll, I'll have to look at my current situation of where I am, uh, and we talk about current place and time. Uh, and and he's he's probably my he's, he's my offsider at the moment, um, Steve Cora, Uncle Steve Cora. And I think he's a fantastic bloke. He's he's a very patient man, and. Um, Every day that we do something with the youth, I learn something from him each and every time. He's, he's a gentle guy. Um, he's probably got more patience than me. And I just he just inspires me to keep going, you know. Um, Shout out you, to Steve. Yeah, yeah. Uncle, Uncle Steve. Uncle Steve Cora, yeah. Good on you, mate. And he's Thank from, he's from uh, this he's area. He's the local traditional elder here. Good on him. Um, yeah, no, he, just watching him and... He's dynamic around the youth. Yeah, um, and they're digging him as well, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so what place inspires you? The Gold Coast. I love the Gold Coast. Really? Um, That's amazing that you said that because you've been living and yeah. around some pretty magnificent places. Yeah, no, I, I love the Gold Coast. I mean, I, I think it's getting a bit busy, a bit hectic. But it's a beautiful place. Such a beautiful place. So you so. feel the energy here. You get the vibe. Yeah, yeah. Which is really nice to hear because the Gold Coast has had so many incarnations of different bling bling glamour yeah, glamour. I think, if but you, underneath it all is this beautiful indigenous yeah. land. I think if you if you cut all that back, yeah. Um, and you only got to walk down of Burley and you yeah. can see the middens, and then it takes you back to reality. Yeah, Hang on. Yeah. It's not all pink poodle and 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 it's not hard to find nature around here is it i mean i know we're saying it's busy but look at us we're sitting in nature right now it's beautiful you've only got to walk like a minute that way and you get you can get lost in there quite easy yeah um in that and that's in the proximity of the gold coast yeah Um, and then you've got the ocean which is just magnificent yeah beautiful oh that's so nice to hear thank you so much for um taking your time today with me i have really enjoyed this and i can't wait to do the exhibition with you awesome Thanks, buddy. Thank you.